Good afternoon. How's everybody doing? Weren't those great baptisms? Man, I just love it. It's one of my favorite things. And I know it recently also makes my Sundays a little more complicated. You know, we, uh, when we build our new sanctuary, because if you didn't know, this isn't the final sanctuary. The final sanctuary is that whole soccer field out there. Uh, I already decided we're building one of those one-man tanks so I can baptize somebody without having to jump in myself because I do twice today. So baptize in first service, which was a lot of fun, then run back, get changed, run out to preach, throw my clothes in the dryer in the back. Thank you also for help with that. And then round two, but it was awesome. It was so good. And then those guys do a great job sharing. We had just such powerful testimonies today. Uh, if you have not yet been baptized, we are going to do baptisms every month as long as there's people available to do it. And even if there's one person, we'll set it all up because that's how much it matters. That's how much it means. So, so the, next, the next opportunity is actually on Thanksgiving Sunday in October. And I think that's a really cool Sunday to get baptized on just in giving thanks to God. So if you want to do that, let us know. Sign up. We would love to. And again, we'll do it for one person because that's how important you are. That's how important your commitment is. And that's how important going public with our faith is. So a couple things I just want to mention practically, and then I am going to have to move things forward quickly because we've been having a fun Sunday for us so far. First off, Pastor Sharon would definitely want me to say hello and bring greetings to everybody. She's actually currently in Glasgow, Scotland, and she was at the annual conference with Emma and David Stark. And uh, some of you guys remember Sean and Krista Smith, really great friends here at Toronto City Church. They were two of the keynote speakers there as well. So she had a really amazing, amazing time. She just said God moves so powerfully. Uh, And then there's a leaders retreat. So I'm actually flying out to join her uh, tonight. So we're going to be several days in a leaders retreat. So if you can keep us in prayer as well. I mean, it's important for leaders to get times of ministry as well too, amen, and get poured into. And, and we love Emma and David and Sam and the whole crew over there. So we want to do that. Secondly, I did want to mention today's an important Sunday. Uh, we're kind of called it to a degree of our fall vision Sunday. We're laying out some vision for the fall. We've got a lot of things that are going to be happening. And as I'm going to be sharing with you some things, some new things that we're doing this fall, just as we feel God leading us to do that. So I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that. But I did want to encourage you, get on our mailing list because our weekly email will give you all the details of what's happening when and how you can get plugged in and involved. But just a couple of highlights I wanted to mention you. Next Sunday, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're calling it Homecoming Sunday because even on this Sunday, we know not everybody's quite back yet. There's some people who aren't here just with busyness of back to school and everything else. So we're doing Homecoming Sunday. We're going to have a time of ministry and prayer over all of our students who've gone back to school and just pray and bless them. There's going to be some fun family-oriented stuff. And then after service, we're going to have a little bit of just some light snacks and some food. We're going to have some jumping castles for the kids. It's going to be kind of like just a community Sunday. So plan to hang out a little bit. Plan to stay around. Great opportunity to meet people and get connected. So that is next Sunday. We also wanted to remind you, parents, we're excited about what's happening with our youth ministry in this fall. There's some new things. We'll be sending out an email about that and just what we're doing. More Friday nights happening. We're just believing God for some amazing things. So there's going to be a kickoff, and that's great, 6 to 12 on Saturday, or Friday, excuse me, September 22nd. So save that date. And then we also want to remind you that this Friday, everybody say this Friday. This Friday, we are going to have what we're calling Altered Friday. And Altered Friday is going to be a night of prayer and seeking God. And I'm going to be speaking a little bit more about this focus on prayer and seeking God in the fall. But I really want to encourage you to be here on Friday night. 
because we want to set the tone. We want to start things on. There's going to be lots of other things happening. Again, you'll hear more about in the coming weeks. School of the Spirit's going to be restarting. School of Prayer. You'll notice some themes in here. There's a lot of prayer going to be happening. But let's take some time. Let's just pray. And I just want to share with you for a little bit this afternoon. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity we have to be here. Thank you for the victory we have in Jesus. Thank you for the opportunity we have to praise and to worship. Thank you for the opportunity we have to witness and support people getting baptized. And Father, we thank you now as we go to your word. I pray that you will speak to us. I pray that you will stir our hearts. Lord, I pray that each one of us will be touched, changed, and transformed because of what you do in us today. In Jesus' name, we want to be those who say yes to you. And God, so I just even pray in this moment now, we are those who say yes in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed with me, said, amen, amen. Thank you very much, sir. I'll get you back here in a little bit. Uh, what I wanted to do today was I want to take some time to cast a little bit of vision. I want to take some time to stir your hearts for where we're going in this fall and through the rest of the year. I want to cast some vision. I want to stir your hearts. I want to call us as a church family to some things that I believe God's calling us to. I want to stir some things up in us today, just really that are in line with where God is taking us. You know, I feel, I was saying this as prayer, I feel really almost like an extra weight and responsibility. I really felt it as I was preparing for the fall. Now, I always feel a weight and a responsibility. It's not a bad weight or a responsibility. It's just that I take the honor that I have to serve and to lead as pastor very seriously. I take the opportunity of leadership. I take it very, very seriously. And so I always feel a certain gravity about what I'm doing. Definitely I take it very, you know, take it very much to heart. But as we were coming into this fall, I really felt like just an even added gravity, an added weight of responsibility in my heart as I sought God and I said, God, what do you want us to do? How do you want us to posture ourselves as a church family this fall? How do you want us to move forward? What are you saying to us? You know, there's a couple reasons why I felt this. First and foremost, 2023 has been an amazing year. I know even here on the church front, it has been an amazing year. There's been lots of good things that have happened. There's been lots of things that God's done. Lots of new faces coming in that we're really excited for and welcoming. But you know what? In the middle of that, there's also been a year of great change. There has been a lot of change. And I don't feel like change is necessarily stopped. I just think it's something that God is doing right now. And that God is moving and God is shifting things. And I know in many of our lives individually, it's been a year of change. And there's been change. Maybe some of us right now, there's change we're still wrestling with or we're figuring out we're grappling. And so it's interesting because while it's been a great year, it's also been a year of great change. And that can be challenging. That can be difficult. It's definitely about new things that God's doing. And so I was feeling those seasons, I feel that added weight of, okay, God, what are you saying? How do we move forward? Another reason why I felt this added weight, and again, most of you would be very familiar with this because we've been talking about but I've really been impacted just by the visit we had from Emma Stark and Sam Robertson at the start of August. And, and there were some powerful, powerful, powerful things that were spoken over us corporately as a church. There were powerful things that God said. And so even in reflecting on those things and going back over those things, praying about those things, I mean, it, it, was, it was really incredible some of the things that God said. But I'll be honest, sometimes you, know, you get those prophetic words, you're just like really excited and pumped up. I was more like, oh man, like the fear of God. It's like, wow, like this is so much. In some ways you almost feel like, God, this is, this is almost too much. And you feel that weight of, Lord, I don't want to miss this. I don't want us to miss this. And so really feel that weight. And so 
Yo, it's interesting because when you get prophetic words, and Pastor Sharon will teach on this in School of the Spirit, Pastor Samuel as well. One of the first things we need to learn to do is we learn, need to learn to judge the words that God has given us. Now, judge is not necessarily, sometimes we hear judge and we think something negative. But to judge literally just means to weigh. Right? You can judge something as good. You can judge something as right. You know, judging doesn't mean you're just saying someone's guilty. Judging can also be you're saying, no, the judgment is you're not guilty. So you need to learn to judge. So even with all these words, I took time and I prayed and I asked the Lord and I really sought God and I got the witness in my heart. These are words from the Lord. These are words that God has given us as a church family. And uh, I can't recap all of it because there was just so much throughout the weekend. There was some private words. I mean, literally, if you were there on the Sunday message, the Sunday message was just literally like one prophetic word right from the start to the end. And so you can go and you can watch them because they're up there on YouTube. And we've actually had it transcribed as well. But I did want to cast some highlights for you because I've been meditating and praying over these things and reflecting on these things. Even I've been asking God, where are you taking us? How are we moving forward in the fall season? Let me give you some highlights. There was the, move to, the words talked about a movement of fire and holiness here at Toronto City Church. The words talked about from this house coming a prophetic movement. The words talked about us having a local and national and an international call. And being ready to embrace all of that. Not just focusing on the local, not just focusing on the national, not just focusing on the international, but learning to focus on it all. The words talked about us moving from being a pool of Bethesda to an Ezekiel River. The pool of Bethesda was where Jesus had healed the man who was lame. And it was a place that was known as a place of healing, but every once in a while the waters would be stirred. It was, stirred. It was very close, but then the Ezekiel River is a river that flows from the throne of God. It wasn't that one was bad and the other. It's just a shift and a change and a river that God wants to flow from this place. It said, there is an ending of a season, God said, where I've moved you out of preparation and now it's about proximity to the river. Everybody say proximity to the river. Another word that was said, and the Lord says, you have a moment to gather yourself and choose. You have a moment to retreat and choose what sort of person you want to be. Because right after that, and it's talking about once when John the Baptist was beheaded, it said Jesus goes into feeding of the 5,000. And it's about the river to the people, the multiplication of his power, the feeding of the 5,000, the demonstrations of majesty on master of the masses. And the Lord says it's time to choose. Catch that theme. There's a choice that we have to make. There was a massive part of what was spoken that talked about just God's calling us to reach and impact artists and the artist, artistic community. And I mean, there was just so much to even go into that God spoke about that. The Lord talked to us about our building and, and believing even bigger about God expanding our capacity, even about some of the buildings around us that the Lord ultimately would want to give them to us in the future for what he had called us to do. They said, your pivoting days will become of crucial importance to growth of the kingdom of God in Canada. You are extremely important, says the Lord, to carry the weighty glory that though you are a local house, you will birth things that will have a mighty ripple effect. So it's not about being better or worse than anywhere else. It's just about knowing what God's asked us to do, knowing what our assignment is. But God wants to birth things that will have a ripple effect. There was a call for us to agree to ride the adventure of God in this area. No, that's where we say, hey, it's not about control, it's not about comfort, it's about going on an adventure with God. Jeremiah 12, verse 5 was brought up. If you've raced with men on foot and they've worn you out, how can you compete with the horses? If you stumble when it's safe, how will you manage in the thickets by the Jordan? And Emma pointed out in that word that you only end up with the thicket by the Jordan during harvest time. 
The thickets were not around the Jordan all throughout the year. They were there during harvest time. And in scriptural days, it was a great harvest. And you are entering days of a great harvest, but it's not without danger. You must recognize that life will require this year some great alterations because of the magnitude of the task at hand. And the Lord says, I'm going to delight in you, but it will require ridiculous courage. Somebody say ridiculous courage. I, I believe in God for anointing of just ridiculous courage. You will step up and you will step over your current boundaries and into surprising and new places. A few more things just to read you. The Lord says, this is a final challenge. Will you stay brave and open in the face of big change? In the face of fresh revelation when it's unexpected, will you, says the Lord, move in my rhythm this season? Will you come to the burning bush and see that it requires extraordinary moves from you? Will you embrace the immensity of what I'm offering? Will you understand, says the Lord, that you are hitting moments that are outside of your normal patterns of daily life? You are in a pivot time. The Lord says, my gift, if you will open your hands, is a gift of attuned attentiveness and a deep resolve to fulfill the call of God on your life in this hour. Something else was said, I really feel as you commit to this next journey, there's such a promise that you will house, that you will be a house that hosts such extravagant, outlandish, miracle-working power. Not just healings, but miracles, relationally, relational restoration that will blow your mind of an impossible turnaround. Mother, daughter, father, son, marriage relationships, sibling relationships, even friendship. The debt repayment and miracles of debt cancellation by the hand of God that God wants to do here of the prison of debt being obliterated and a promise that this will be a house of people who will be debt free and people will be liberated from the hands of debt. And the miracles of, I really felt like there was a disproportionate amount of people that would come here who'd be living with long-term conditions because of compromised pregnancies and that when, when their mother was pregnant with them, there were things that happened that caused them some long-term complications. God is saying, watch as I work, creative miracles that even heal you and form, even in your brain parts that haven't even been there. I will heal and I will cause miracles. There are creative miracles with lungs and lung issues and respiratory issues and issues with breathing and oxygen and hearts, the Lord says. Watch as I work miracles in you. And then the last thing that I just want to point out, he said, I trust you with my weight. I trust you with my glory. Here's my beloved Canada, whom I dream of, says the Lord. He says, my eyes went to and fro through the earth like I did in the days of old, looking for those who would stand in the gap, and my eyes are on you. Hear that, stand in the gap, my eyes are on you. And he says, and I love this, he says, I trust you. Now he says, trust my spirit in you. Come on, somebody say, trust his spirit in us. So it's powerful for God to say, I trust you. But then for him to say, trust my spirit in you. And so obviously there's so much weight. I barely scratched the surface, as any of you know who was there. And it's funny, going back over the words, even after a couple weeks, I go, wait a minute, that was said? And I read back through and I go, man, that was said? And it really stirs my heart. But furthermore, it really for me connects because many things that are said, some things are newer, but many things are things that God has said to us over the years. And I even think of our prophetic history and our prophetic journey as a church. Even when Toronto City Church started 35 years ago, Pastor Paul Uke had a vision of the city of Toronto and a map of Toronto and flames springing up all across the city. And then these flames spreading to the nations of the world. There's a word that's been over Toronto City Church for years now that talked about that God wanted to give us multitudes, miracles, and millions. Multitudes of people coming into the kingdom. Miracles, signs, and wonders, and millions of dollars not to be used selfishly, but to give and to advance his kingdom. Cindy Jacobs was here a number of years ago now, and she talk, talked and prophesied how God wanted us to steward a historic revival. So I'm praying through all this. I'm, I'm walking with all this. 
You know, there's part of you that's excited about it, like, wow, God, that sounds amazing. But there's also part of you that's a little terrifying, if you're honest, because it's just so big. And you sit there and you say, God, this is just, it's too big for me. It's too big for us. And God says, perfect, now I have you exactly where I want you. Why, because you're gonna have to depend on me. See, if you didn't feel it was too big for you, then you would feel that you could accomplish it in your own strength, but now that you realize it's just too big for you, too big for what you can handle, too big for what you have resources for, that's when you truly begin to step into faith, even when you say yes. It's when you walk on water, even though you cannot walk on water, but with the word of Jesus, you begin to walk on the water. And so, you know, even as we've been talking about it, you know, and I was really thinking about it because here's another important principle of prophetic words. The vast majority of prophetic words are conditional. God says, if you will do this, I will do this. God says, this is what I'm saying over your life, but will you say yes? So my heart has been deeply stirred in saying, God, what does yes look like for us? I don't just want to have these nice words and get back a year later and kind of go, yeah, remember back, remember those great words? I actually want to walk these things out. I want you to walk these things out. I don't just want to have all these things said, but there's no manifestation. I want there to be manifestation. But then my question becomes, okay, God, if we have our part to play, what is our part to play? We know your part is the big part, but what is our part to play? What do we need to do? And then furthermore, you know, we, we've been, and I, I just keep laughing at myself because what was the word God gave us for 2023? Faith. He said, this is a year of faith. It's here to walk in faith. And we think, okay, we're good. This is great. We're getting comfortable with faith. And God says, okay, nope, time to step out again. Time to get out of the nest again. Time to step forward in faith again. And so this is something that God is saying to us. It's his word. But will we be people who say yes? Will we be people who say yes to God? Come on, just look at your neighbor and tell them we're going to say yes. So all this is coming together for me, and I'm praying and I'm working on our fall schedule, and I'm just praying, and it just wasn't coming together for me well. It wasn't clicking well, and I'm driving our staff and our administrative team up the wall. They're all very nice about it. They didn't really let me know, but I know it was because they're thinking, Pastor, what are we doing? What's happening? What are the dates on the calendar? Where are we going? And I'm praying, and I'm working. Not so far, I'm just like, you know, I just got to get this together. So I kind of throw a bunch of things on the calendar, you know, not totally aimlessly, but just a lot of the things we've done, you know, not in a bad way. And I went to share it with them, and it just wasn't clicking. And so then Pastor Sharon and I were talking more about it. Pastor Samuel was sharing some of his insights. I went back and prayed more, and I came to realize that I believe we have a great invitation, and we have a great opportunity from the Lord this fall season. And I want to talk to you a little bit today about that great opportunity. Let me explain what I mean. If you want to go with me to Luke chapter 24, verse 44 to 48. And this is when Jesus is getting ready to ascend into heaven. And it says, verse 44, they said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written... And thus it is necessary that for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Now watch, this is 49. This is where we want to focus. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So several things I want you to see in this passage. First and foremost, you see that they had a promise. Everybody say a promise. 
They had a promise of the Father. And this promise they wanted to talk about was he said that you will be endued with power from on high. Everybody say power. So we see here that God gave them a promise. There was the promise of the Father. And this was the promise of them being endued with power because there was some things that Jesus was calling them to. There were some things he was saying, but he was also talking about how he was going to leave. And they were struggling with the fact, because I don't know about you, I would want Jesus to stay. I wouldn't want Jesus to go anywhere. Come on, Jesus, we're just getting started. But he said he's leaving, but he said go. He said because there's a promise, it's going to be power. But what was their part? Their part was to tarry in Jerusalem. Everybody say tarry in Jerusalem. Now, what does this word tarry mean? Because I know this is a word that would be unfamiliar for most of us. Maybe for some of our more mature saints, especially if you've got some background in the Pentecostal, the charismatic movement, you'd be familiar with tarrying. But for most of us, Terry is the guy down the street or at work. So that's the only Terry we know about. Anybody here know a Terry? Any Terry's in the building? All right, so T-E-R-R-Y. We're not talking about tarry. We are talking about tarrying, which is T-A-R-R-Y. What does to tarry mean? Tarry means to remain or to stay. To sojourn. To linger. That's what to tarry means. And it has this connotation of you could go, but you choose to stay. You got a lot going on, but you're choosing to stay. That's the whole point of tearing. It's like, there's a lot of other things pulling at me, but I'm choosing to wait. I'm choosing to stay. And guys, while I don't pretend to directly compare the season we're into to the coming of the day of Pentecost, even though I think there's many things that we can connect, I believe we are in a similar dynamic or a similar situation where we have a promise of the Father. We have many promises that God has spoken. I mean, in some ways, I laugh. There's so much that God has spoken. I don't need another prophecy for like three years. I, I really don't. I'm just trying to live out the things that God has already said. I'm like, I don't need any more words. I'm going to prophetic gatherings. I'm just going to put a sign on my chest. No more words needed, please. No, I know I need them, but you know what I mean. It's just like I got enough that I'm trying to pray and live out right now. But we have a promise from the Father, but we realize when we read it, when we reflect on it, we don't have what it takes in ourselves. But that's why the promise is that we are endued with power. We are endued with his ability. We're going to do that. But here's the call. Will we tarry? Will we tarry? Will we wait on him in this season? Will we set some things aside? Will we prioritize him? Will we make some sacrifices, some shifts, shifts and some changes? Because tarrying is not convenient. Tarrying doesn't always fit in your schedule. Part of the point of tarrying is sometimes you're waiting. You don't even know exactly what you're waiting for. He said, listen, go to Jerusalem. Wait for the promise of Father. How long? He didn't tell them that. What's it going to look like? He didn't tell them that. Well, what about my job? He didn't tell them. He said, just go and tarry. Everybody say tarry. So let's read on and look at what they did there. So Acts 1 verse 4. This again repeats. He says, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father or to tarry. Which he said, you've heard from me for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So at least he gave them that. He says, not going to be many days from now. But he said, you need to tarry. You need to wait. Everybody say, we need to tarry. 
Acts 1, 12 to 15, then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room. Everybody say the upper room. And where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew and Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. All these were with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. In verse 15, I'll just read the first part. It says, in those days, Peter stood up among the brothers. The company of the persons was, all, was in all about 120. Everyone remember that number, 120. We'll come back to it a little later. And then we jumped Acts 2, 1 to 4. And when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And if we continue to read, we see that then they go out into the streets. And Peter ends up preaching the powerful message that really kickstarts and jumpstarts the church of Jesus Christ that he said it was going to build. But I want to point out to you today that they did not just go from the Mount of Ascension to Peter going to the streets to preach but they first went to the upper room where he called them to tarry and to wait to be endued for power on high and family I want to encourage you we have received promises from God in this season you have received promises from God in this season and it speaks of amazing things that God wants to do with us and through us but I believe in this season because we need his power that God is calling us in this time over these next three months even then as we come into December God is calling us into an upper room reality where he is saying listen I've spoken my word will you now go and come and gather together to pray out my word and to be endued with power that's from on high that in this season that we would come into an upper room reality where we would gather together to prioritize the presence of God, to prioritize prayer, to prioritize his prophetic word and then be endued with power. This is a season not to go through the motions as usual, but it's a season to prioritize his presence, to prioritize prayer, to prioritize the prophetic word of the Lord and then to walk in his power. And I think the key today that I really want you to catch, it's around this concept of tearing. It's around this concept of, again, remaining, staying, soldiering, to linger. Again, like I said, this is not a word a lot of times we use. Again, older saints, you know, if you read historic, there was an understanding of the power. There's a revelation of the power of waiting on God, of tearing before the Lord. But I think there's this element in our culture now, we've gotten so used to everything being easy and convenient. Right, come on, if your drive through McDonald's takes too long, we start getting frustrated. Why are these guys taking so long? If the internet isn't working properly in the building, and our webpage, we're used to just everything as fast as there, but there's this concept, and I believe there's like almost this lost art of do we know how to tarry on the Lord? Do we know how to wait on God? And so I want to encourage you in this time. I just feel it so in the heart as a church. And so even as I was looking at our schedule and looking what we needed to do, and I was very naturally just going to all the things, okay, we do this, we do that, this is good. No, no, nothing bad. All good. But here's what I realized. One of the greatest enemies of tearing, one of the greatest enemies of waiting on God is not sin, it's not wickedness, but it's busyness. 
It's good things that we filled our lives with, good things that we filled our schedule with where we have no more time for God. And we definitely don't have time to tarry. We don't have time to wait on God. We don't have time to seek God. It's like, well, Lord, I have Wednesday between 11 to 11.30 this week. That's when I have my time. Let's book it into my schedule. That's not tarrying. That's not waiting on the Lord. And again, I'm not against being organized. I'm not against running a good schedule in your life. Organization is one of my love languages. Right? Like, I'm not against it. Right? But there's this element of, especially in this season, I hear God saying, will you wait on me? I hear God saying, will you, will you wait? Well, I've spoken all these things over to you. Will you create an upper room space in your life? And, and it's going to be stepping into the unknown. It's going to be inconvenient. It's going to require something of you. And it's interesting, too, because we're so notorious, this is Western Christians. Notice they didn't all go off by themselves. There's something about coming together. There's something about gathering together before the Lord. Well, you know, God can encounter me. I can just seek God by myself. You can, but there's some things you will never get when you're just by yourself. Because God called us together. They called them to the upper. Let me, let me read a little bit to this because we talk about this concept of waiting on God. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, but those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Right? Those who wait on the Lord. God wants us to have strength in this season. God wants you to mount up with the wings like eagles. He wants us to run and not grow weary. He wants us to walk, but what's the key? The key is will we wait? Somebody say we'll wait on the Lord. Psalm 24, 4 to 5 says this, Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I will wait all the day long. Right? That, that's when we get that teaching. That's when we get into his truth is when we learn to wait on the Lord. I'm going to read you a bunch more verses because I just want to pour the word of God into us today. Psalm 27, 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. And let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. How are we strong? How does our heart take courage? Come on, somebody say it. Wait on the Lord. We're going to wait on you, Lord. Psalm 30, 20 to 22, our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us even as we hope in you. Psalm 37, verse 9, for the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. Right? I didn't say those who hustle shall inherit the land. Even though we want to work hard and we're going to be diligent. We're not taking away from that. But that's not the key. Those who get out there and do this and do that and make that. No, those who wait on the Lord will inherit the land. It's got this whole concept of the upside down kingdom. There's so much in God's kingdom that doesn't make sense naturally. If you want to receive, give. Someone slaps you, turn the other cheek, so love. All these things in the natural, it doesn't make sense. And here, we talk, okay, do this, make this happen, get this going. God says, actually, wait on me. Wait on me. Another verse, Psalm 37, 34, wait for the Lord and keep his way. He will exalt you to inherit the land. You will look on the wicked. You will look on when the wicked are cut off. Psalm 64, verse 4, from of old, no one is heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God beside you who acts for those who wait for him. Psalm 135 to 6, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. In his word, I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen in the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. This heart that says we're waiting on God. 
Lamentations 3.23, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. Isaiah 30.18, therefore the Lord waits to be great, therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you. Therefore he exalts himself to show mercy for you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. So let me say, wait on the Lord. Last but not least, Micah 7, verse 7. But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. I love that, what the prophet Micah is saying, because here's what I realize, guys. I can preach my heart out today, which I'm doing my very best to do, to encourage you, to call you, to say, come on, together, let's wait on the Lord. Let's prioritize his presence in this season. Let's move our schedules. Let's do whatever we need to do so we can wait on God. But you know what? I still can't force you to do it. You can still go out and say, well, okay, that was a nice message. I'm not actually going to do much of it, but that was great or whatever else. I can't force you, but here's what I can say. I can say, but as for me, I will wait on the Lord. It's like Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But my prayer is that your heart will rise up today and you will say as well, just like Micah said, but as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. Come on, somebody say, but as for me. Family, this fall, I believe that God is calling us at Toronto City Church to the upper room. Just like in the book of Acts, he's calling us to come together in one accord, in one place, to seek his face. He's calling us to prioritize his presence, to prioritize prayer, to prioritize the prophetic word, and to be endued with his power. There's so much that he has for us, but here's the question. It's a real simple question. Who will wait? Who will say yes? Who will say yes to this call of the Holy Spirit to say, I will prioritize waiting in the Lord in this season. I will tarry. We will tarry. Who will say yes? Who will wait? No, some of you are already ahead of me. You're going, okay, pastor, I'm with you. Let's do it. What are we doing? What's this look like? So let me tell you a little bit. This is what we're going to do for the next three months. First and foremost, we talked about Altered Friday this Friday. We are going to gather every second Friday to pray and to seek God. And we're just going to go after his presence. We're going to tarry. We're going to wait on him. We're going to do that every second Friday starting this Friday, the 15th. Then in the alternate weeks, we are going to do every second Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. Now some of you just shuddered even at the mention of a 6 a.m. Now let me say right off the top, there's no legalism here. Not everyone makes everything and can do everything, but let me say, before you're too quickly to say, oh yeah, no, I can't do that. That's not of God for me or whatever else. What if that's what God asks of you? The upper room wasn't convenient. Do we value our sleep more than the presence of God? Right? Are we willing to do that? And so we're going to gather, really it's going to be gathering together. It's important we want to do it together. Because, you know, I'm thankful in the last couple of years. I'm thankful for technology. I'm thankful for Zoom. I still, I met with a bunch of people on Zoom this week. But Zoom is not the same as getting in the same room with other believers and connecting and praying and believing God and building community and coming together. People say, well, we need to be more united. We need more community. Well, then we need to take the time to come together to make it happen. And God wants to do something powerful in the upper room. They're all together in one place in one accord. 
Could we ask God, God, do a work in us so we are all together in one accord, in one place. That's what this fall is about. Furthermore, on Sundays, we are going to make more room for prayer and the prophetic flow of what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Now, I don't know what it's going to look like. It's going to look different on different Sundays, but we're going to make space here to say, God, it's a time to seek you. It's a time to tarry before you. And could I put a plug in? And a real easy way to plug into that is pre-service prayer. Instead of coming at 11.30 or 11.40 or 11.45 or whatever time we get here, and I know something happens to different people in different times, what about 11.15 where we pray? Because today there was a whole bunch of people in here. Paul was leading us, and we were praying and seeking God and setting the foundation for even what God wanted to do here. Will we actually be people who prioritize this? We're also going to have some other things. We're building a larger infrastructure of prayer in the church. We'll be sharing about more in the next coming weeks. There's going to be a, 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 a Saturday morning where we're going to do a men's prayer gathering. There'll be another Saturday morning. At another point, there's going to be something for women as well. And we're building that. We're also going to do fasted Fridays. So every time we do a Friday night prayer meeting, we're calling and encouraging people to fast during that day. And that we would fast together as a church family. We'll be running school, the spirit and school of prayer to help fuel this. And so these are the things we're going to do. But here's the question again, guys. Will we say yes? Will we say yes to God? Will we say yes to what he's doing in this time? Now, every time you say yes to something, you, you, you automatically do have to say no to some other things. So there's some things that we regularly do that are not bad things, but we just won't be doing them the same way this fall so we can focus the way we need to focus. Connection groups, which we love, will not be running the same way this fall. Now, if you're in a group, don't worry. Your leader will touch base. There's still some ways to stay connected, but we believe that there's something powerful about sacrificing and coming together. And I know it's a sacrifice in a city like Toronto. I mean, I read a meme this week that said Toronto is an hour from Toronto. I mean, you know, it's just like, it is a challenging, but come on, guys, are we willing to sacrifice or not? I mean, if you look at our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world, some of you know maybe before you, because we made people here in our church who were in other nations, and you know the sacrifice and just what people made. I mean, we had a young lady I met last week, and she was her first Sunday here in the country, and she was really nervous because she came to church, and she was a little late because she got the time fixed up. She said, well, when I'm at home, if you don't get there on time, you don't get a seat because is packed. She realized pretty quickly that wasn't quite the case here, but we're getting there. Amen. Right? But are we willing to say yes to God? Not just get inspired by a sermon and go, yes, Lord, but actually say yes. Are we willing to offer our time as an offering? Are we willing to offer maybe getting up early on that morning or coordinating things that we need to coordinate? Or some of the Fridays, we're going to have like late night where we're going to go kind of in a night watch and go past midnight and have opportunities for people to stay and pray into the night hours. Will we be willing to do what we need to do in this season to say yes to God? So there's going to be some other regular things that we run that we're not going to run this fall, and it's not that they're bad. It's not that we would never do them again. I mean, we're just going to stay very open to the Holy Spirit. But it's a heart to say, this is the target. This is the priority in this season. Will we tarry? Will we wait? Will we go to Jerusalem together and be endued with power from on high? You know, it's interesting. Just a couple more thoughts, and then we're going to pray and finish this up. In the word it was mentioned, I don't know if you mentioned what I was reading, it talked about the burning bush. And I saw something interesting in the story of the burning bush, Exodus 3, 1 to 4. I'll just read, you know, Moses is out there. He's kind of out in the wilderness taking care of his father-in-law's Jethro's sheep. And all of a sudden there's this burning bush that appears, but it's not being consumed. 
And verse 3, Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not being burned. Watch this, verse 4. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called out to him from the bush. Why didn't God just call out to him? Why didn't God just call out to him? I don't know all the reasons why, but you can see that God waited to see would he turn aside. I believe in this season, God has some things he wants to say, some things he wants to do, some things he wants to release, but he is looking for a people who will turn aside. He is looking for a people who will not ask him just to fit into their schedule, but will say, no, I'm going to turn aside to seek you in this season. I'm going to turn aside to tarry. I'm going to turn aside to hear what you have to say to me. Will we be a people who turn aside or we just go on with our daily schedule and our daily lives? Exodus 33, 11, it says, then God used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And when Moses turned again in the camp, his assistant, Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man would not depart from the tent. You know, there were many, many leaders in the 1.5 million Israelites that were there. Who was the one that God chose to succeed? Moses. It was Joshua. And why? I believe it's because Joshua, even as a young man, he would stay in the tent. He knew how to tarry. He knew how to wait on the Lord. He knew where his priorities laid in his life. And God said, because he's one who tarries, he's one that I can trust to lead my people forward. Because he's someone who knows how to wait on me, he's someone I can trust when I say it's time to go. And family, I want to encourage you because they did not just go from the Mount of Ascension and just go and start to go into all the world even though that was the call God said first go and wait be endued with my power then you go not in your own strength but you go in my strength and I believe that God wants to release power into our lives to walk out what he's want us to walk out but he's looking for those who will wait somebody say wait on the Lord one last thought Arnold if you want to come back and the team can come back something that you may never have noticed how many people were in the upper room? 120. Remember I told you, remember that number 120? Don't worry, it's not a crash quiz or anything. Do you know how many people the Bible tells us that Jesus appeared to before he ascended into heaven? Bus is at least 500. So let me work with that 500 number. And we don't know for sure if all of them got the command. But I can imagine if Jesus said something, said to do something, anyone who is tapped in. So here's the question I have for us today, and it's kind of a closing thought. What happened to the other 380? What happened to the other 380 who saw him, who witnessed him in his resurrected body? And they would have heard in some capacity, go to Jerusalem and wait till you're endued with power on a high. But what happened to the 380? And here's what I've learned, guys. And here's what I want to encourage us in just as we bring this to a close. We have this invitation from the Lord in this season. But we have a choice to be one of the 120. Or we have a choice to be one of the 380. I don't know about you, but I want to be one of the 120. How many people want to be one of the 120? And you know, it's interesting because this is kind of what gets me a little bit I, I don't think in the 120, we're, uh, sorry, one of the 380, we're out sinning. Oh, they bunch of the 380, we're off doing whatever. I just think they probably had an excuse or a reason of why it was not convenient to come. Maybe they intended to be there, 
but, but something along the way stopped them from being there. Luke 14, 15 to 24, when one of those, and this will be the last passage, one of those reclined at the table heard him say these things. He said to him, blessed is everyone who will eat the bread of the kingdom of God. But he said to them, a great man once gave a banquet and invited many. At the time of the banquet, he said to his servant to say to those who've been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I bought a field, I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. Another said, I bought five oxen, yoke of oxen. I must go examine them. Please have me excused. Another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So a servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, go quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And the Lord said, sir, what have you commanded has been done? And still there is room. And the master said to the servant, go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of these men who were invited shall taste of my banquet. Guys, in just closing, what is God saying to us in this? I know there's a degree, the primary application or the first application of this passage is regarding the gospel and people rejecting the gospel. But there's also an application. A, a, a banquet refers to relationship. A banquet refers to an invitation. And God is giving us an invitation to an upper room reality. God is giving us an invitation to gather and to seek him. God is giving us an invitation to rearrange some of our priorities in this season and to put him first and foremost. But it's interesting here, just like these guys had excuses, the enemy will want to bring excuses and reasons why you just can't do that right now. But here's the problem, if you give in to your excuses, you miss out on the banquet. And you might get some overflow of it, you might get obviously an overflow blessing in the church, but you will miss out on what God has. And notice their excuses, there's nothing sinful here. You have the first guy going, actually, I'm going down to the strip club, and I'm going to go get some, uh, you know, get some drugs, and I'm going to go get high, so I can't come. No, the first one said, literally, I bought some land. So here's my question. Would the field still be there tomorrow? Could you have gone for the field tomorrow? The other said, oh, I bought five yoke of oxen. Well, will the oxen still be there tomorrow? Is it so important that you have them today that you cannot even come to the king's banquet? I mean, I love the guy with his wife. Why don't you just bring your wife to the banquet? I mean, my wife loves banquets and parties, especially if the king's throwing a banquet and a party. I would be in big trouble if I used her as an excuse for why we wouldn't go. But here's the point I want us to catch. It's not the sinful things that often stop us from answering the call of the Lord. It's the good things in our life that are not the God things because they're out of priority. This season, there's an invitation, guys. There's a Psalm 23 banquet that God is preparing for us, even the presence of our enemies. But he's saying, will you come? Will you prioritize me? Will you prioritize my presence in this season? Will you tarry? Will you come to the upper room, even with the unknowns, even with not being sure how this is all going to look? Even if it's a little inconvenient, you got to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning to get ready and get to the church, or you got to fight through traffic home and fight through traffic back to come together on a Friday night. You're saying, Jesus, you are worth it. The presence of God is worth it. Gathering together with my brothers and sisters is worth it. When you're fasting, you don't want to be fasting. You say, you're worth it. You are worth it, God. And you're saying, I will not be part of the 380 that have good excuses. I'm going to be part of the 120 that get filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine being someone who's supposed to be up there, but you bailed out for some reason? 
and you still get the overflow, but you miss the opportunity. Come on, who joins me right now? And with, with God's help, you want to be part of the 120. Who wants to be part of that? And so I just want us to bow our head and close our eyes right now. Because there's an opportunity. Let me say this. How do we respond to this? First and foremost, we need to say yes with our hearts. I know not everybody can make every meeting that we do. That's not the point. The point is who did God call to be there? I mean, so, so you know, as parents, Pastor Sharon, we'll have to rotate the Wednesday mornings because kids got to get to school. We got to take care of some different things. But it's what is in your heart. Is your heart united to what God's doing? But then secondly, let's not throw up excuses too quickly why we can't do it. Why we can't make it. Why it won't work. Because I believe as we obey the God and gather together in one accord, something powerful will happen. I mean, they didn't know in the book of Acts. They didn't know that God was going to release something that was going to change literally the history of the world. They didn't know God was getting ready to birth his church in power. They didn't know that Peter was going to get up and preach and 5,000 souls were going to come into the kingdom. They didn't know all that was happening. All they knew was he said, go and wait for power, and they went to go and wait. And family, can I encourage you? We don't know exactly what God wants to birth out of this season. We don't know exactly what he wants to do, but will we be those who receive the words from the Lord, but then those who go to Jerusalem, who create the upper room, who say, we will tarry. We will wait on God and we will watch what he does in Jesus' name. And not just together, but in your life will we be those people in this season. So I want us just to check our hearts. We're going to finish up here and dismiss everybody in just a few moments. But if your heart is to say yes to God, if your heart is to say yes, I will tarry in this season. Even those of us joining online, and you're joining online, your heart is to say yes to God. I want you just to stand to your feet right now. And please don't feel like pressured like you have to. This is just a moment before the Lord. But it's standing before God, and it's saying, I'm going to tarry. I'm going to wait on you, God. Now let's just raise our hands, Lord. I want to pray this over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now. And Lord, we thank you for just all the words that you've been speaking over us publicly, corporately, also the things you've spoken to us privately as well. But God, we recognize even with the promises of the Father, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to walk it out. And so I thank you that even over these next several months, Father, as we set aside this time to seek you, as we set aside this time to tarry, as we set aside this time to lay aside agendas and to lay aside conveniences, Father, and prioritize your presence, prioritize prayer, prioritize just the moving of your spirit in our hearts. Father, I thank you. God, just as it said in Isaiah that when we wait on you, you renew our strength. God, we mount up with wings as eagles. We run and not grow weary. We'll walk and not faint. And so I just thank you, Lord, for your strength and your ability even to walk this out. We cannot do it in our own strength. Our job is just to say yes. So come on, just take a moment with the Lord right now where you are and just saying yes. I know for some of you, with some of it, you're saying, Pastor, you preach really fast, and I didn't catch all the exact details of what's happening. Just make sure you're on the email list. We'll send something out today that kind of recaps things. But here's a great starting point. Come to prayer on Friday. Come together. It's a great starting point for us to say, hey, let's start this season off. And so, Father, we just say yes to waiting on you. 
We say yes to your presence. We say yes to all that you're promising and doing in Jesus' name. I just want to say, I know we're a little longer today, but I think it's just important with all that we're doing. So I want us to, I want us to put this into practice for a second. What I want you to do is we're literally going to take just like one minute to do this. But I want you to find someone next to you or get into a group of three. And, and let's actually do this. Let's pray for a moment. And I want you just to pray for each other and pray that we will say yes to God in this season and pray that we will be those who tarry and wait on him and pray for one another and then we'll be able to dismiss and kind of move forward to things. But find those people out. If you don't know the mission, introduce yourself. We're family anyways. So let's go on your mark. Get set. Just find some people around you. Let's just pray. Just begin to pray right now. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you today, Father, just for this word that you have spoken to us, God. Lord, about your promises that you have for us, the need for your power, but God, the role for us to tarry. God, the role for us to wait. And so we, even as we pray for one another right now, God, we pray for our brothers and sisters for the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, Lord, that we will be those who tarry, that we will be those who wait, that we will be those who say yes to you, that we will be those who follow your spirit, Father. And so we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for every single person, every single individual today, God, just being touched and impacted by your spirit, that we will be those who turn aside to see what you're doing. God, that we will not allow the enemy to rob us in this season of what you have for us because of busyness, because of complacency in Jesus' name. But even as so many of us across this place have stood and said that we will wait for you, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that you're teaching us to tarry. You're teaching us to wait, and we love you, and we thank you for all this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, if you just want to finish up in your prayer, Father, we thank you, and we just pray this blessing, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, if you just want to grab your seat for one second, we're literally going to dismiss in just like two or three minutes, but I'm just welcoming Joel, who's going to come with a couple of practical reminders for us as we close off today. Amen, amen. Wasn't that a good word? Wasn't that a good word? Uh, Amen, you can give him a hand. Prioritizing his presence. Um, Okay, well, just a few announcements before we go. Just want to thank everyone who is a first-time guest with us today. Thank you, thank you for being with us. You could have been many places this morning, and we are honored to have you here with us this morning. Hope you enjoyed yourselves. And please, if you can, make your way to the connect table after service. It's just as you go up those sanctuary doors, there's a table on your left. There you can sign up. Uh, we'd love to welcome you with a, uh, further with a gift, uh, be able to connect with you a bit more, give you a call later on this week and answer any questions you may have as well. But you can get questions answered there. Also, you can sign up for the mailing list there as well. So thank you so much. And uh, we're also going to take up our offerings right now. So we have the, the ways to give on the screen. just wanted to encourage you with a quick scripture of really taking a moment to set our hearts before we give. We can very often just get in the habit of giving. It's not bad to be in the habit of giving, but sometimes in habit we lose the focus or the heart in the giving. And uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says it this way in the Amplified. It says, let each one give as he is made up in his own mind and purposed in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion. 
For God loves, he takes pleasure in, prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do it giver whose heart is in his giving. Isn't that good? Not under compulsion, not reluctantly, but who's uh, a person who's quick to do it, whose heart is in their giving. We just purpose to position our hearts. So Father, thank you for this opportunity to give. And Lord, we don't want to just give out of habit or reluctantly or under compulsion, but Father, we want to reconnect our heart with our giving. Wherever our heart's been disconnected with our giving, God, thank you that we can get an opportunity to be part of what you're doing through our giving, Father, get to support the work of what you're doing through church, uh, through Toronto City Church, Father, and even the different missions organizations we support. And Father, but thank you, Lord, that you love a cheerful, quick-to-do-it person whose heart is in their giving. So Lord, we choose to connect our heart with our giving once again in Jesus' name. And thank you, Father, for the blessing that will flow back to us as well as a result. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Uh, just a few announcements before we go. Uh, first, again, pa- Pastor Brendan had mentioned altered prayer. So just with that focus on prioritizing his presence, this Friday night we will be here at 7.30 p.m. We also be starting the uh, corporate fast. So we encourage you to get involved with that this Friday as well. And then it will be followed again next Wednesday will be the 6 a.m. 6 a. prayer, which will be gathering here as well. Uh, next Sunday, we have Homecoming Sunday with special family focus. Pastor Brendan had mentioned that. Just wanted to remind you of that. And then Friday, the 22nd, we start Limitless Youth. Uh, student Ministries will be back on and they will be here. Again, you can find out more about all of these things. Um, if you're not on the mailing list, you can sign up on the website or go to the Get Connected table after, and you can um, stay connected with what's going on that way as well. Last but not least, for those who have been part of volunteer teams, Plan to Protect Refresher will be on September 24th or October 1st. You should have got an email uh, regarding which one you want to sign up for, but it is mandatory that we get refreshed in our plan to protect for this year so that we're good with the government and liability and so on in terms of serving in different capacities within the church. And for those who have not had an opportunity to sign up, that will be coming in the next weeks to follow uh, as to ways you can get signed up and be volunteered for the coming season. With that, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Let me just pray before we welcome Pastor Brendan back up for one moment. Father, we just thank you again for being with us, Father. We thank you for what you spoke to us through Prophet Emma and and Sam, Father. And then thank you, Lord, that you're helping us know how to walk it out. God, we trust you with all of our heart. We do not depend on our own understanding. In all our ways, we acknowledge you. Thank you, Lord, that you're directing our paths. You're making them straight and clear in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, just welcome Pastor Brendan back as he comes. I uh, just want to make so we're dismissing. Thank you guys so much. We do want to ask if a few people wouldn't mind staying. We're uh, getting the carpets clean this week, so we actually need to stack all the chairs. So if just some volunteers wouldn't mind, just before you start stacking chairs, get instruction on how to do it, because there's a right way to do it. A wrong way actually damages the chairs. But if some people can hang out, please, that would be great. But we love you guys. God bless you. Let's get ready for a great fall, and we'll see you on Friday night at prayer. God bless.